Thank you, Teresa. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Genesis chapter 4. We've been talking about hungering after God, and this morning I'm going to talk about are you hungry to please God? Are you hungry to give God what is His? Not to give Him part of what is His, but to give Him all that is His. And this is the story of Cain and Abel. We're four chapters into the Bible. We're very quickly within 11 pages. We've got the first murder in the Bible. And we wonder how in the world did this happen? What, what happened? Everything was going so good. Then they had the fall. And within one generation, within one generation from the very first family, there is a murderer in the line. And so we ask, how can this happen? And, and how can we keep those kinds of things from happening in our own life? How do, we, how do we stay away from sin and stay in where God would have us to be? And the Lord gives us a, a good idea here and gives us, uh, shows us what it is to be a, a person who seeks to please him. So let's stand in honor of God's word. We're going to be reading the first 10 verses of Genesis chapter 4. Let's read this together out loud. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Adam lay with his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with with flavor, looked with looked with flavor. I mean, I would too. Looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Let's pray. Father, today... Lord, I pray that you would just speak your truth into our hearts today. Father, help us to give to you what you desire, what you deserve. Help us to not hold anything back. Help us to give our whole lives completely to you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you hunger to please God? I want you to think about that question. How often do I think about, is what I'm doing pleasing God? Do you look at your actions or the way that you live or the responses that you have to people or the way that you do your job or the way that you do your schoolwork or the way that you interact with others? And do you ask yourself, are these responses, are these actions, are the way I'm living my life 
pleasing to God. If you're a parent, you know how awesome it is when you have a child that seeks to please you. When you can see your kids going out of their way to do things to please you, it is a beautiful thing when a child is eager to please his mom and dad. And it is a beautiful thing when followers of God seek to please God. You have to think about how, how, how God must feel when he sees his children going about life in a way seeking to please him so that everything that they would do, they, that the father would be able to look down on them and say, that is so pleasing to me. The way that I live, the way that I talk, the way that I give, the, the way I treat those around me, the way I interact with my family, it, it, we need to say, is this pleasing God? Now, most people do not set out and, and, and we've seen since the fall that most people do not set out to please God. They are hungry to please themselves. We live in a culture where most folks think about themselves first. The, now, God might have part of their life or he might have a place in their life, but the first thing they seek to please is themselves. We hunger to satisfy the desires of our body. We hunger to satisfy our needs and I wants and, and our wants. And when it comes to getting what we want, we're really creative at getting what we want. If you've, had a, if you've ever had a child, they come up with all kinds of creative ways to get the things that they want. And they will say, hey, can I have this or can I have that? Can, can I, I know my birthday six months down the road, but if you would give me this, that would be my birthday present or, or that would be my Christmas present or I can do this and, and maybe I could work this off and I could have this now or whatever. They learn how to go on work on credit very early in life. And they're very creative about finding ways to get the things that they want. And we're, it's just in us. We serve ourselves. And as adults, we, we work long hours to get the things we want. We sacrifice time with family. We borrow money. We sell things. We give up things to get the things that pleases us. We are hungry to please ourselves, but are we really? Folks, think about this this morning. Are we hungry to please God? You might not think that it's a big deal to please God. You might think, I don't, pastor, I don't hunger for bad things. I'm, I'm not a bad person. I give God some of my life. I give God some of my time. I read the Bible some. I pray some at meals, some. I give God some of my money. I give God some of my Sundays, I give God some of my Sunday nights. I give God some of my Wednesday nights. I give God some of my life. And usually some means I give God the leftovers. I give God what is easy to give. God is getting what is convenient to give. God gives what requires very little to give. God gets some. And I want to tell you this morning, we get into trouble when you give God some. And it's hard to see it because we live in a culture where some is good enough. 
We live in a culture where some is thought to be good enough. People will tell you some is good enough. Pastors will tell you some is good enough. Parents will live in front of their kids a life showing that some is good enough. That giving God some is enough. But I want to tell you this morning, some does not please God. If you really hunger to please God, I want you to know that some does not please God. God desires and God deserves your first and your best. And we have tried to make Christianity so convenient that we are given the impression sometimes that if you just give some, then that will be good enough. That somehow a holy God will be satisfied with some. But I have to tell you this morning that God is not impressed or pleased or happy or satisfied with some. Genesis chapter 4, the chapter, the fourth chapter in the whole Bible, and God says, Some is not enough for me. Cain and Abel are are giving God their offering and there is a big difference in the offering that they give. The NIV says that Cain came and gave some of his crops. It isn't a sacrifice here. It, it, it is not uh, the first. If you go on to Abel's offering, it says that he has given his first. Cain is come and he has had his crops. He's brought his crops in. He's looked at his crops. He's made sure he's going to have everything left to pay his bills. And then he brings the leftovers to God. He brings some. It's not his first. It would be like if I went out and I planted a big cornfield. And I got in there with the combine and I cut my first uh, round and I said, this is going to be pretty good. And I cut my whole cornfield down. I put all my cornfield in a big bin and then I I measured it out and I weigh it and I see what my price is going to be. And I see how much I have to pay MFA for my seed and for my fertilizer and I got to pay for my fuel. And when I get done and I take my wages out, if there's some left, I say, I'm going to give that to God. Some is a safe and easy gift. There's no faith required for some. You look at what is left and you give. Cain gave some, but Abel gives in faith. Cain is giving the leftovers. Abel is giving from the first. And the first is the hardest to give. The first and the best is the hardest to give. I grew up milking cows and we would have calves and we'd have little heifer calves and we'd keep the heifers back because we milked cows and we had to have replacements and we kept all the heifers back. We kept them calves back and we fed them for a year and at a year we would breed those calves. So we had one year in them before we even started thinking about doing anything else. And so we'd have a year. And so at a year or at a year and three or four months, when those cows, when those heifers would come in heat, we'd breed those calves, those, those heifers. So we've got a year into it. Nine months later, we would get another calf out of them. We're two years into the process before we're getting anything out of this animal. 
And she might have a bull calf, she might have a heifer calf, whatever it is. Before we're getting anything out of this animal, we're two years into the process. Two years of giving, giving, feeding, feeding, taking care of them, putting medicine in them. Two years we've got invested before we get anything out of them. I want you to understand this is where Abel is at. Abel is into the process. He is a keeper of the flock. He has a two year in every animal that he has. And I don't know how long sheep, I tried to figure out how sheep had babies. I mean, I figured out, honey, I don't know how, I know where sheep come from. All right. I understand that. But I tried to figure out how many they would have a year and how long old they would have to be. But I'm just going to talk about if it was a cow, because I understand that. But imagine that you've got a bunch of cows and it's going to be two years and you've, you've gave and gave and gave and you've got, and some of you understand this, if you had 10 cows and your first calf that hits the ground, is, is, that's your first paycheck. And this is where Abel's at. His first paycheck has hit the ground and the, and the word says that Abel gave the fat portions of the firstborn to the Lord. I want you to know this morning that a calf or a cow or a sheep does not come to you and say, hey, here's my fat portions. I'll see you next week. The sheep has to die to get the fat portions. Cain, I mean, Abel has come and his first paycheck he sacrifices to the Lord. He doesn't know if any of the other sheep are going to have any more sheep. He thinks they will, but I'm going to tell you, if you're dealing with livestock, and all you guys understand this, if you, if you don't deal with livestock, I'm telling you, you cannot tell what's going to happen. We, we, I remember one year, me and my dad, we had, a, we had a bunch of calves, and within a week, we lost nearly half of our calves to blackleg. They were gone, and it happens. I've been working with Mike and, and we had a big change in weather this week. And he said, if I hadn't weaned my calves two weeks ago, I'd be going to the vet to buy medicine because stuff happens. The weather changes, it gets wet, it gets cold, it gets, they miscarry, they, they die. And Abel does not know if the rest of his sheep are going to do one blame thing or if they're all going to die. And this is the only paycheck he's going to have. He does not know. That's where the faith comes from. He doesn't know. He doesn't know if there'll be another sheep after this one. But he says, even if there's not another sheep after this, if my sheep don't give me one more sheep, I am giving this one to the Lord. And he gives his first and he gives his best. He does not give some. He doesn't wait till all the sheep have their little sheep. He doesn't wait till all that happens. He doesn't count them all up and then say, okay, after I've done all this, then I'm going to bring the fat portions of what's left over. I got a little, I got a little you over here. It's got a broken leg. I'll, I'll give her to the Lord. He gives his first because the first one requires faith. He doesn't give some he gives his first and he gives his best to the Lord. And the first is the hardest to give. He gives the fat portions 
And it requires sacrifice to give the fat, fat portions. Abel's gift is a gift of faith. He is trusting God. He's not giving what is left over. He is giving what is first, the best, because he hungers to please God. Cain, on the other hand, is thinking of himself first, making sure that he gets taken care of first, and he gives some. He gives what's easy. He gives what's convenient. And God says, when you do that, when you are giving and living that way, he says, sin is waiting for you and waiting to control you. When you just give God some, when God is not the first in your life, when God is not the main thing in your life, when God is not the thing that you are living for, the the person you are living for, when God is just part of your life, God says that when you're living that, that sin is seeking and crouching and is right there and is in a place to control you. When you give God some of your time, some of your worship, some of your life, sin is crouching and waiting to control you, to control your family, to control your children. And we're just one generation into the history of mankind and there's a murderer because they did, because he would not keep sin from crouching. He would not give God what God asked. He gave God some. And if your kids serve God like you do, how well are they worshiping God? Will they be giving their best to their faith or are they just giving some? Are they being taught that they should give God the very first of everything that you have, that, they, that God gets the first of my worship, that God gets everything first, that the, the best of everything I have comes to God, or does God just get some? And I'm not saying you don't know God this morning or that you aren't in a relationship with God. Cain was in a relationship with God. Cain is talking to God. God is talking to him. And God loves him enough to say, hey, look, where you're at is not a good place. I don't want you to end up somewhere where you're not supposed to be. I see this place in your life. And if you continue here, sin is crouching and it seeks to control you. And you need to do something here where you're at is dangerous. And God is a loving God. And he does that for us. Aren't you glad this morning that he does that? I have a a wife that I was telling about it in Sunday school. My wife, when I was a young preacher... She don't do it so much anymore because I'm, I'm learning. But when I was a young preacher, we would get in the car to go home. Or in this case, it would just be walking to the corner of the place over there. I mean, the old church was right there and our house was right here. I mean, where, you're, where you guys are sitting back there is where we lived. And we'd get home and she'd go, okay, I need to speak some truth into your life. And I'd be like, okay, you know. And she'd say, okay, the, the way you said that, that maybe wasn't quite the way to say it. And I'd be like, what? And she'd go, okay, this is what you said, but this is what all the ladies heard. And I'd be like, what? And she'd go, yeah. And she'd go, this is, and then other times she'd say, this is what you said, but if you were a mother, this is what you heard. And I'd be like, oh, well, that's not what I meant. And she'd go, I know what you meant. 
But I'm telling you, and I had to, and that would be, that would be hard things to hear. But I'm so glad she told me because there was times that I was like, that is not what I wanted to sound like, Cindy. That is not what I meant in my life. And I'm glad that I had someone who loved me and would come along and say, look, you need to, and I'm glad I listened. And Jesus and God comes to us and says, look, if you keep heading down this life of some, sin is crouching and seeks to have you. And it's not, it's not, it's, it's really dangerous. We're just a few verses from God speaking this into Cain's life and he's killed his brother. He's in a relationship where God speaks and says, if you do not change, if you do not change your attitude, if you do not change your heart, sin is crouching from you, from, for you and it will have you and few verses later he's killed his brother this is not oh well that's just good advice thank you pastor appreciate that i'm gonna go eat chicken this is serious and how many people do you know that have a relationship with god and have had a relationship with god and it cools off and god speaks to them and they don't listen to what god says and all of a sudden they're off somewhere where they never thought they would be doing things that you never thought you would see them doing and it, god the whole time was saying don't go there <coughs> How many times have you had, we've all seen, we have people in church and they're doing great and doing good. And then they go off and do something. And you're like, what happened? This is what happened. They start giving God some. Instead of giving God their best, instead of being God's ahead of everything, God's the head of some things. And then instead of God being the head of, of, of many things, he's the head of just some things. And, the, and if God is the God of some, I'm telling you this morning, you're in a place where sin is crouching and it seeks to have you. And you've all seen it. And kids, you've seen it. People you go to school with, people you go to church with, and they do things and you're like, what in the world happened? Because they would not give God everything. They were just serving with some. And I'm telling you, the warning that God gives you this morning is not something on the phone. I got a phone that it, it, it gives me a warning when my battery is low. And I mean, and that's a good warning, but this, that's not very important. This is important. Church, this is, this is God speaking to someone who has a relationship with him. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to people who have a relationship. Maybe not what it should be, but he thinks enough of them. He has enough relationship with them that he says, look, you're giving me some, but I want all. And God says, you're in a bad spot. But Cain is convinced that some is enough, that some is okay. And in just a few verses, we have the first murder in history. And I'm sure he was wondering, how in the world did I get here? 
God spoke to Cain, and this morning I believe that God is speaking to some here. Can you hear him? Can you hear him saying, you're giving me some, but I don't have all your life. And somehow you have bought into the culture of even this area, even the, in the culture of the area we live in. There is a culture here that says, if I give God some of my Sundays, if I give God some of my money, money if I give God some of my time at church, then, then I'll be okay. If I just give him some, it is part of the culture of where we live. It really is. And we've bought into this. That if I go to church some of the time and I give some and I pray some and I do some good things and I read my Bible some, then I'm going to be okay. But that's not what God says. That's not what he says. There's some men here this morning and you need to give God all and your family needs to see you do it. And your kids need to see and know that their dad says, I'm not going to give some anymore. I'm giving all. They need to see their dad do that. And they need to see their mom. Your kids are watching you and they know that you're giving some. You can't fool anybody. You can't fool people, especially your family. I could fool almost all of you, but I can't fool Lindsay. And I couldn't fool my kids when they were at home. And I can't fool my wife. She knows. There's some teens here this morning. And you are giving God some. And he needs all. There are older adults here this morning who are giving God some. And I thought about this scripture. It wouldn't have been a beautiful scripture if God speaks to Cain and says, sin is crouching for you. Change. And Cain goes, you're right. I'm sorry. I didn't see it like that. I I didn't mean to be that way. God, please forgive me. Please, God, I, I, I will give you all. I will live all. And he embraces his brother and they come back and they have this wonderful relationship. You know, that could have happened. But when God spoke to him and said, I want all, he said, I won't give you. I'll give you some, but I won't give you all. What are you going to say today? I'd like for the praise team to come. I want you to sing the song that we sang earlier. I'd like for all of you to come. I didn't ask you to before, but I want you all to come. Lance, I want you to come too. I want us to stand. The world says some is enough, but God says it's not. And you know what I'm talking about this morning. The Lord really don't need me to preach anything. His Holy Spirit convicts and draws hearts.
If you were dead honest this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You say, yeah, I, I give some, but God does not have all. And if he's speaking to you this morning, this morning, you should come down and Cain should have repented of that and said, God, I am sorry. I am sorry. And I will give you all. And I am going to serve you. But he was prideful and he wouldn't do it. Don't let pride keep you from what you need to do this morning, folks. I know, I I know that God is speaking to somebody this morning. I know that he is. He doesn't, he just, he has been here so strong this morning. Don't, Cain should have just said yes and it would have been a wonderful end to the story. But I'm going to tell you what, if you say no this morning, there is no guarantee how your story will end. You say, oh, those kind of things that never happened to me. You don't know. You don't know. We're going to open the altars this morning. If you're giving some, and the Lord has told you to give all, you need to come pray this morning. You just need to come pray. And there's no shame in it. Your family needs to see you. Your wife needs to see you. Your husband needs to see you. Your kids need to see you say. Your church needs to see you say, I will give all. I will not settle for some. We're going to sing. And if you need to pray this morning, come as we sing. This is the air I breathe.